Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of my new podcast, A Simple Path to Wellbeing. My name is Paul Garrigan. I'm not going to spend any time on it and introducing myself at this point. What I would love to happen is that over the course of this episode and future episodes, you'll get to know me a bit more that way. Because I, what I really want to talk about and what I'm passionate about is well-being. And so I'd like to begin by just diving in to that topic. Now, this word well-being, it can seem a bit wishy-washy or a bit vague. So I want to be clear about what I mean by well-being. So for me, what well-being is, is a particular relationship with life. It's a particular way of relating to life. So in my case, it was, a, it was a way of relating to life that brought an end to, to my own seeking to fix myself. So for many years, I was desperately seeking solutions to me. I was desperately seeking this. People talk about a hole in the soul. I had this canyon in my soul that I was desperately trying to fill. And I tried so many different things. I fell into addictions. You know, I, I, I kind of got really involved with the whole spiritual scene for years. Relationships, jobs, the, the whole thing, you know, my whole life revolved around trying to, to fix this emptiness inside me, for want of a better word. So fixing that or the way of relating to life that, 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 that solved all that, that removed all that is what I mean by, by well-being. Or to put it another way, well-being was the thing I was desperately seeking from as long as I can remember. You know, I, I call it different, different things. I saw it, you know, one stage of my life I would have referred to it as something like awakening or being able to cope or being able to get on with other people or being able to be okay with myself. There were many different kind of words I used to describe it, but basically it boiled down to I wanted this thing called well-being. What I've discovered or what I've come to is this kind of understanding that for me, well-being has got three different aspects to it. The first aspect is wonder. The second aspect is intimacy. And the third aspect is trust. Intimacy, wonder and trust. Those three things are what, I'm, what, what well-being is made up, up of. And I'll be talking a lot more of those in the future. But, but maybe we can just begin now by kind of briefly saying a little bit about each of those. So let's begin with wonder. So when I'm explaining wonder to people, what I often do is I, I used I, I also have done a lot of work with dreams and, and lucid dreaming and all of that kind of stuff. But w- one thing I, I say to people is, have you ever kind of realized that when when we experience something in a dream, it's different than when we experience it in real life? And, and that might seem obvious, but, but, but bear with me. So w- what I mean by that is so. Imagine I'm, you know, dreaming that I'm on a beach. And, you know, I'm on an, and then later I'm on an actual beach. What I realised was that for some reason, 
I actually appreciated the dream beach or it seemed more significant to me than the than the real beach. That there was this, a real sense of wonder around the dream beach. And it took me a long time to figure out why it was like that. Why? Because it wasn't like that the, the dream beach necessarily, you know, was more vivid. I mean, you can get very vivid in dreams, especially lucid dreams. But there was just something about the dream beach that just made it seem more full of wonder. And I, you know, I was going, to, why, why is that? And what I eventually realised was, well, when you're on a dream beach, you're just on the dream beach. There's no real baggage with you, like with me, that I was able to fully give myself to the experience. And there was this sense that anything could happen. There was this sense that there was just this sense of, of possibility and that I didn't know anything really about the beach you know it was just this I was just there it was just this kind of experience and because of that I was fully engaged in the beach in the dream but for many years I would go to an actual beach and I wouldn't be fully engaged and I wouldn't be full of wonder because I would know too much about the beach and I'd know too much about what happened before the beach and I have all of these ideas about what would happen after the beach and so that sense of wonder wouldn't be there this this um, this sense of wonder is also something we many of us will remember from early childhood that we, we related to life. There was this real sense of possibility and everything seemed interesting. And it might be, you know, a lot of us could could end up saying, well, that's, you know, that's just something you get to experience as a child. But what I discovered was, well, no, it's not something you know, you get to the, the, you know, you only have as a child. It is something we can have right now. It's something we can learn to experience right now. And it's part of well-being. And, and, and it's not only a nice way of experience in life. For me, it is a vital way of being able to experience life. Because I, I was so desperate for that, I, I you know, I, I turned to drastic measures. You know, that's why one of the things that attracted me to, I, got, I had a, a long-term addiction problems up until about, um, 14 and a half years ago I kind of really struggled with addiction prior to that and a lot of it was this desperate sense to, to de- 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 desperate, de- desperate attempt to bring wonder back into my life so when I first you know started drinking as a teenager it kind of gave life this you know much more dreamy quality that, that I loved um, then later on, I discovered hallucinogenics, hallucinogenics and stuff like that. And that was all kind of r- bringing back that sense of wonder. But what I found was you don't need any of that. You, you absolutely don't. And, and, you know, I often kind of I often think about if if people because I, I work in a rehab, I, I teach this stuff in, in a rehab as well as online. And I often wonder if, you know, if my clients could see experience the world as, as I'm experiencing it. At the, you know, at, at, at now, they would think I was on something, because my experience of life is very trippy. It is very kind of dreamlike, and that's what I was desperately seeking. And I think, in a way, we all kind of are. We're all looking for that. So I'll be going into this in far much more detail in a future podcast. But I just want to kind of put it out there. So that, that's the wonder aspect of of well being. The other another aspect of well being is intimacy. Um, I, you know, the, the Zen teacher Dogen once described awakening as, as intimacy with the 10,000 things or intimacy with everything. 
And out of all the kind of spiritual experiences we, we can have, one of the most amazing is, is having a, a kind of experience of oneness. But oneness isn't, isn't something that we can kind of uh, experience once or twice in a lifetime as part of a mystical experience. It is actually a way to start to relating to life. To start to see that rather than there being me and life, that there's just life. And I'm just part of that. There's just this one thing. And, and we start to develop this incredible sense of closeness with other people. It was a, a lack of intimacy that was the source of, of my, my, my social anxiety. I had, I had very bad social anxiety. And it was this desperate attempt, a, a de- desperate attempt to connect with other people. And it was always doomed to failure because I'm already connected to other people. I'm already connected. You cannot, you know, there's, there's no way of connecting anymore. But I got it into my head that in order for me to feel intimate with people, it was all about uh, getting them to behave in a certain way, to get them to behave as if they liked me. But that's, that's got nothing to do with it. Intimacy is something, it comes from our side. It's something that we do. It's something that I do. That's what intimacy is. And, and once you start to get that, and once, once you know, I started to experience that, there's just this, this constant sense of connection with everything. And that, that desperate attempt to, 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 to gain intimacy, to gain connection just disappears because you, you are connected. I am connected. So that's intimacy. That's just a very, very brief kind of description of intimacy. Finally, and very importantly, when it comes to well-being, is trust. You know, I'm making this podcast in, in what's it now, October 2020. And there's a lot of people at the moment struggling because of uncertainty. And I'm sure there's, you know, there's plenty of people who are, you know, falling apart, whose lives are falling apart and, and, you know, having mental breakdowns and addiction is on the rise and all of that. And a huge part of this is this inability to deal with uncertainty. And if what's happening now had have happened to me, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, I, I'd, be, I'd be on the, 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 front, the front of the line having a nervous breakdown. I would not have been able to handle it. But over the years, that's changed. And this current thing is hardly, you know, practically it, it, it's affected me like everybody else. But mentally and as, as regards as my well-being goes, it's had absolutely no effect. If, if anything, it, it's kind of it's threatened it but in, in a sense that it's made it more obvious how strong it is. In the sense that um, it's like I, I was kind of I, I recently ran a, a 100k, a 100 kilometer ultramarathon and it's all very well saying, you know, oh, I deal much better with, with, with pain these days. But it doesn't really matter till it gets tested. And so for me, that, that 100K with a test, well, yes, I, I, you know, I could never have done that in the past. And it's the same with this current situation. In, you know, it, 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 you know, something very, very significant has changed with me. And that's trust. So what trust is very, very basically is this understanding, which was once put so be- beautifully by the Christian mystic Anthony de Mello, absolute cooperation with the inevitable. Trust is not something 
that I do. It's something that I came to realize. And part of that realization, you know, came or a a significant part of it came through insights around Vipassana meditation and, and so forth. But also more importantly, in just kind of dealing with life. I woke up to the fact that I've got absolutely no option but to trust my mind or my unconscious or, or life or whatever we want to call it. That if if I don't have if I don't have a way of responding to what's happening, there's nothing I can do. And so really what trust is about is learning to to kind of this realization that, you know, as a as a as a human, we're built to survive. And 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 it's learning to trust that and to learn to kind of to, to kind of see that I don't need to life. My relationship to life, relationship to life can can happen two ways. I can be freaking out everything about everything or I can just trust everything, everything. OK, so let me give you an idea of what I mean by trust. Say if, you know, we're facing a lot of uncertainty and we've got no idea what to do. What can happen then is like, so for me, what I would have done in the past, I could have run around like a like like a headless chicken. You know, trying to find an answer to to the problem. And what what that would, you know, what, what would be happening is I'm freaking out, waiting for my mind or my unconscious or whatever to come up with an answer while freaking out. What trust is, is is doing the same thing but not freaking out. Because either way, I'm dependent on my mind to come up with the answer. Does that make sense? I'm dependent on the mind, I'm dependent on my unconscious or the, or the universe or whatever you want to call it. I'm completely un- dependent on that to not only to give me the answer, but to give me the motivation to kind of do something with that answer. And so either way, I, I have to trust that. So I can trust it by freaking out first. Or I can just go ahead and trust that and, and live this life of peace and well-being. And it's this understanding that that all the... See, we can have these ideas that somehow the freaking out is helping helping somehow but after years of kind of banging my head against that particular wall i had to i had to see that it it was in no way helping in fact it was just delaying or getting in the way of the process and that when i just started to trust life or trust my mind or whatever you want to call it i I don't know what it i don't know what to call it to be honest with you but when i start just trusting everything became so much easier and it worked. And it works. My life is going in directions that I never would have believed possible. I'm doing far better than I ever could have imagined. And that's after I stopped freaking out. <laughs> so that's trust. And, and it means, you know, that, that life just becomes this much more still thing. This much more adorable thing. And we can actually start to to appreciate it. So I just thought I'd begin the first the first podcast with that, and I'll be doing we'll be doing lots more in the future. I, I plan to do lots more in the future because, as I say, I'm very very passionate with sharing this with other people. 
if any of you are interested in doing some one-to-one coaching sessions with me online, please, uh, I'll leave a link below and you can certainly uh, visit that and come over and speak to me. So, but that's all for now and I'll see you in the next episode.